Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend, whether you were celebrating Passover or Easter or any of uh, the holidays around the globe. Um, you know, it was a full moon and uh, over here in the Northeast United States, it was uh, a, a nice weekend. It really started to finally feel like spring here. So people are starting to smile a little bit. People are out romping. I took a wonderful walk in Central Park yesterday. So all the little kids searching for eggs. Always a lot of fun. So let's get started. We have a wonderful show in store for you today with a great guest. Um, so let's get started with our quotes of the day. And let's see, what do the universe and the Abraham have in store for us today? From the universe, psst, there's a bestseller in forests and jungles everywhere. Self-improvement for trees. It's not very wordy. They like to conserve paper, you know. But it's one and only one line goes like this. No matter what else you do with your amazing life and no matter how challenging it may at times seem, never stop stretching yourself as you reach towards the stars. Hmm, the stretching part is quite good, I think. So much space, so little time, huh? The universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe today. The universe being a bit playful, but actually very good quote. Stretching ourselves. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Everything you do is for the purpose of the joy that is giving you, that it is giving you. And so, when you don't see something through, it means that it stops producing the joy that you were hoping to receive. Of course, it is always better if you have anticipated something and you've stayed lined up with it. If you're lined up with it, then it's joy when you're thinking about it, it even, even before you start. And it's joyful as you start. And it's intoxicating as you're going. And it's fulfilling as you're doing it. And it's satisfying as you finish it. And you're in alignment the whole way on. Abraham. So a kind of an interesting quote, and it kind of actually, I think, relates to the quote we had last Monday about being in alignment. And this is one very much uh, works with stretching yourself that when you take some time before you begin something, a project, a book, going for a walk, starting your radio show, if you line up your energy with the energy of what it is to be doing the thing you're about to do or being in the moment in how you're about to be, that once you take those extra couple of seconds to line up your energy, then suddenly you start feeling more joy in the doing, in the experiencing. It becomes better and better as you go through it. It starts to truly 
fulfill you in a much greater sense than if you just rush headlong into it, just start doing things right away, and you don't bother to really line up with what it is you're about to embark on. And when you don't line up with what you're about to embark on, then uh, when you don't line up with what you're about to embark on, then the joy, then the, the, the fulfillment of it suddenly diminishes. So it's very much worth it if you can take the time before you start anything, anything, any moment of your life, if you're, whether it's going on a date, whether it's you know, going to um, a workshop, whether it's, as I said, reading a new book or writing a new book, starting your blog finally, you know, starting your, your new podcast, your new radio show, before you start any of these things, especially after what Monty Taylor just talked about in, in his show just before and living consciously about all these changes and things going on, that, you know, if you line up first, if you line up first, it, that really you can make the experience so much greater that a little bit of forethought makes things so much better that if you can just connect your internal feeling with your imagination, with your anticipation, with your moving forward in, in life, it can be something truly, truly, truly amazing. So, remember, there's nothing like stretching ourselves in every aspect of our being. But as you go to stretch yourself, and you're stretching in a particular direction, or stretching in a, a particular internal aspect of yourself, stay in alignment. Just give yourself that gift of taking the moment to be lined up appropriately. So, a wonderful couple of quotes for the day. I think very apropos for our guests that we have today. And it is absolutely my joy and pleasure and extreme gratitude that I bring you Dr. Lynn Morell. Dr. Morell has impacted thousands of people who have built bridges to transformation from their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual challenges into greater productivity, health, and wealth. Her best-selling book, Soul Lifts, From Bumps to Brilliance, is filled with practical examples and stories demonstrating the impact of applied spirituality in life. Ooh, I love that, applied spirituality. Dr. Lynn is described by her colleagues as a visionary, a thought leader, and intuitive. She also happens to be a fifth-degree black belt, so you don't want to mess with her. And she's a nationally ranked karate championship champion, and she brings a unique perspective to the idea of peak performance and mindset. She's been recognized as an international coach of the year and is the board chair of A Window Between Worlds, which is a nonprofit that uses art as a healing tool to empower and transform individuals and communities impacted by violence. And just to give you an idea of their impact, last year they worked in over 30 states and helped over 80,000 women and children. Beautiful work and welcome to the show, Dr. Lynn Morrell. Thank you so much, Sam. What a treasure to be here today. Wonderful, wonderful. So, um, 
really, you have such a fascinating life. I would love to kind of give our audience a, a little bit of background. Uh, uh, when you were a little kid, were you already like into martial arts and into like changing <laughs> the world? Uh, you know, did you say, you know, mommy, when I grow up, like I want to be a visionary thought leader and like impact millions of people, you know? <laughs> I was the one that used to say, girl, do you have a tongue? Oh, um, really? I chubby. I was I was the last one picked for any sports team, wow. and um, I was dragged kicking and screaming by my parents as a chaperone for my younger sister. She was she was thirteen and a half to study judo, and that was nineteen sixty five. Ah. Three months later, I had discovered this thing called personal power of when you can flip a guy who doesn't want to be flipped, <laughs> <laughs> and they never looked back. Wow! Wow! And it took care of the bullies in the school really quickly. No, oh, I bet you. I bet that's great. That's great. So people people learn pretty quickly not to not to mess with you, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those defining moments. I had a crush on this kid by the name of Randy, and he was trying to learn judo from a book in the gym, mm. and uh, he couldn't do this throw. And I walked over and said, "Randy, would you like me to show you how to do it?" <laughs> and then the gym teacher walked over and said, "Throw me." I said, "I can't. You don't know how to fall." He goes, "I'm a marine. I know how to fall." So I threw him, and in that instant, all the bullies that happened to be in the gym um, kind of never messed with me again. Wow. (laughs) I'm I'm sure the phys ed teacher did either. For 1969, at this point, um, I was invited to coach the boys' wrestling team as a guest presenter one day. So imagine that, you know, like this, this... chubby kid not so chubby by the time i'd been practicing but Uh it was a defining moment because starting the arts and continuing them gave me something that i couldn't get from the outside in Mm, absolutely and it's amazing because so many people i know who've and 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 i've not had the uh pleasure of really truly studying martial arts um as a child or as an adult um although i did take a tai chi class many years ago um, but I've learned quite a lot about Qigong and, and many other practices, but so many people I know who've had the pleasure of, of having martial arts in their life at some time, like it really made such a huge difference in how they approached everything in their life, not just sort of being in shape and being able to throw people across the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much more than the physical act. It's really about getting comfortable in your own skin and trusting the process of interacting with another human being. Oh. And, and for me in martial arts, especially at this point, it's more what I call the aki or, or the way of reconciliation. Uh, it's a way to blend with the person that you're having a disagreement with or an altercation with and stand in your best self and not mm. take their verbal or any other kind of approach personally. It's just energy. Everything's energy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious. You know, many people I know who, who, uh, as kids, maybe were into martial arts. As adults, you know, over time they kind of dropped it. You know, they they're doing other things. They get busy. What kept you involved with it after all these years? What really, you know, made you want to make it as sort of part of your life for so much of your life? Well, I, I think in the early days, Sam, I was driven. I mean, mm. I came out of a, um, you know, the typical American dysfunctional family mm. um, where I actually, the training in the martial arts gave me the strength to leave home at 17 and work my way through college oh, wow. without any support. It also taught me more about myself. It's like you never arrive 
at a rank. We're always where we're at. Mm-hmm. And there's always more. There's always another way to look more deeply mm-hmm. at how we interact with our partner or with ourselves on the mat. Mm-hmm. It's really like looking in a mirror every day, and the the world, namely our partner, mirrors to us if we're afraid or if we're confident. Mm-hmm. And literally what you see on the ring, on the mat, is where you are at in your consciousness at any given moment. And that landscape has changed vastly over the last almost 50 years. Yeah, yeah. So the physical prowess is something that changes just as we age, we, our face changes, we get a few wrinkles in the pursuit of anything that you do for a long time. If you let it work with you, you will transform. And so I'm in it for the transformation and the awareness of who I am as this mm. spiritual being having the human experience. And how much loving can I bring? How much discipline can I bring? Um, right now I'm studying a new art I've been practicing for about three and a half years, uh-huh. something called Aikido, which is ah. the way of reconciliation. Yeah. There's no attacks in Aikido. Right, Strictly right. defending yourself by getting out of the way. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Aikido but it's is just, It's learning. Art. I don't care if it's gardening, sewing, everything can be an avenue into knowing who you are and coming into alignment with your deepest dreams. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, uh, Dr. Lynn, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I want you to let our listeners know what kind of doctor you are and and how you came to be a doctor and and what uh, sort of over your life, how that transformed into you uh, focusing on applied spirituality, which I love. Uh, We've talked a lot on the show about practical spirituality with a a, a regular contributor, Selena Matreya. So I want to talk about applied spirituality. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com
my hero, my shining knight, behind a mask like Zorro, be my prince tonight. And welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and my guest this hour is Dr. Lynn Morell. Um, so, Dr. Lynn, what kind of doctor are you? I'm actually a doctor of spiritual science. Ah, DDS. It's a relatively new field. Of course, mystics has known about it forever. Right. But it integrates um, things like anatomy, physiology, the ability to look at the energy field, and to really know yourself enough that you can sit with any human being and allow them the dignity of their own process as they express those things that perhaps they'd never been able to put into words before or mm. feelings. And I bring, you know, with that also a master's in, in psychology, actually called spiritual psychology when I uh, applied psychology when I started, uh. and a master's in applied theology. And, and a bunch of other things. Right. But primarily, it's it's a degree-granting program where when I did it, it was uh, roughly a five-and-a-half-year program. Mm-hmm. And we did things like set our watches for every two hours to pay attention to our state of awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a doctorate, you could say, in mindfulness, with learning how to clear people at deeper levels mm-hmm. in a way that they recognize their own divinity. Uh, well, where did you g- get the degree? In what school? It's called Peace Theological Seminary Peace. and okay. College of Philosophy. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a, a, a wonderful seminary in California. Uh, I discovered it probably 20-something years ago, and uh, I, I checked it out, I pursued it, and it truly is a life-transforming uh, program. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're the second person I know who's a DSS. Uh, the first one is was John Roger, who uh, recently... Did he he pass? recently passed, passed away. He was yeah. a friend of mine. He was. I, I uh, knew him for over 20 years. Actually, I studied with John Roger. Oh, did you? With Insight Seminars or with the MSIA? Through, through Insight, through the entire, entire uh, enchilada. Yeah, yeah. I um, don't remember. He was a fabulous human being yeah yeah he was yeah I, I don't remember how but oh i think through a movie i got connected to his organization the movements for spiritual inner awareness and i had um not him because he was already i think he had had the stroke at the time but I had um uh jesu garcia and paul key uh on oh, yeah paul k uh-huh. paul k yeah yeah, yeah. oh yes yeah. so he, he was truly um, a visionary back in, in the 60s when people weren't talking about love, weren't talking about the soul right. in, in the way that he did. He was a very, talk about applied spirituality. Right. That's really where that concept comes from. Uh-huh. And some of those keys, the most profound thing John Roger shared with me was the value of forgiveness. Mm. And it's a gift you give yourself. Yes, yes. And and to forgive the unforgivable, I think probably every listener has one area in their life that remains unforgiven. Mm. And in my case, I mean, there was a lot of lack of forgiveness toward myself. I still deal with that. Really? I'm so hard on myself. Uh, is that because of coming out of that dysfunctional family? Well, yes, that, and um, there was a lot of violence growing up, hence my working with, with you know, victims of violence. Uh-huh. 
but there was an incident with my my first husband where I didn't see my child for many many years, Ooh. and he disappeared from my life, oh, and um, that was a profound wound. Wow. And yet, um, because of the situation, I chose to let her go for her safety. Oh. And you know that's something that's never been repaired, and it's something I live with. Wow. But forgiveness, and I spoke with John Roger at length about this. Right. And his his thing was, you can love without having to be with somebody. So that's mm-hmm. probably the most open wound. I think it's a wound. It's worse than having someone pass away. You know, I've had two husbands die of various accidents. Oh, really? And, uh, that was forgiven. The, the, the things that led up to their accidents were easy to forgive. But mm-hmm. the loss of my daughter was something that really, really taught me the value of applied um, psychology applied spirituality, which is forgive one more time than you judge mm. yourself or others. Mm. Yeah, wow. So you've the really... The first time I've ever really spoken about it in public. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. Yeah, I, I, there's a wonderful meditation that I, I do sometimes and uh, that's a guided meditation. And in the middle of it, uh, the person leading it says something like, um, about f- talking about forgiveness, and she says something to the effect of, and you know, true forgiveness is knowing that there is nothing left to forgive. Exactly. Uh. There was nothing left to forgive. I believe that there's a God, you call it whatever you want it. God uh. and good are very close together. Uh-huh. And yes. I believe in goodness. Ah. And this thing that breathes us, because mm-hmm. people say, oh, I don't believe in God. I'll say, well, hold your breath. <laughs> I, I did this with a group of doctors I spoke with. Mm. And, um, you know, I said, how many of you hear the word soul and you groan? And there was a laughter through the entire audience. I said, great, I'd like to give you a demonstration because soul can't be seen or touched. Everybody mm. hold your breath and hold it till you can't hold it anymore. And there was a lot of giggling and they did. And I said, you know, now if you held your breath till you passed out, something would start to breathe you. What mm. is that? That's the thing I'm talking about. Mm. You know, yeah. the spirit is as close as and closer than our breath. It rides on the heartbeat. It gives us life. It informs who we are. And when we don't forgive, we get sick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, what was Osho saying? You know, it, uh, uh, being angry at someone else is like drinking poison and expecting them to get sick. Exactly. Yeah. Um, actually, turns out we have a caller on line one. Let's uh, welcome Jake. Jake, you have a question for Dr. Lynn or myself? Yeah, you know, you've used, now I think you've used it three or four times, the, the phrase applied spirituality. And you did give an example about forgiveness, but I wonder, I'm just curious if you have other examples of what you mean by applied spirituality. Ooh, Jake, you read my mind, because that was the very next question I had for Dr. Lynn. And what exactly is applied spirituality? How did you come about it? And yeah, let's get some more examples. Beautiful, Jake. Okay, this is a great question, Jake. Thank you for that. I can share about it from my own life. If I look at life as either an upward spiral into the awareness that we're spiritual beings having a human experience or a downward spiral into those so-called negative uh, emotions, anger, fear, grief, greed, jealousy, um, fear, things like that. Applying the spirituality is applying practical things in our life that we make disciplines, such as always looking for something to be grateful for, because that lifts our spirit. So Mm. gratitude would be an application of applied spirituality. Saying I don't know is a funny way to talk about applied spirituality, but our ego loves to know stuff. 
Mm, and so when I'm in a situation and someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer, I'll say, I don't know that. And then I take a breath and I open up. And that not knowing is a kind of applied spirituality. Mm. And, you know, a lot of us pray and pray and pray and pray and we demand answers. And we forget that the one we're praying to is as close as our breath. So applied spirituality is also applying the concept of our lifeline, which is breath. So applying conscious breathing to our life will keep us expanded when we want to contract. Mm. And one of the tools that I apply, which took me a long time to get, was if something is happening and I don't particularly care for it, Mm. I'll just say, I love this. Now, it doesn't mean I love it and I'm going to continue doing it, which is what most people are afraid will happen. But if you love your condition, generally it will dissipate. As a matter of fact, I just wrote something. I thought it was so cool yesterday. I was talking to a friend and I said it and I wrote it down. I said, if you love the thing you hate, it will dissipate. Because ah. the things we resist, of course they persist. persist that's right. where we put our focus. Yeah. Applying a spiritual focus to our life is giving ourselves a higher perspective so that we can kind of look down at this thing or this situation we don't like, and we're putting all our, quote, hate into it. What if we could say, I love this and there's something to learn, and so I'm going to get busy learning to love the thing that's being presented to me. Those are a couple of ways that I apply spirituality to my life. seems like that, would, that implies having a lot of trust and something higher. It does, and Jake, that's something that takes, for some people, myself particularly, a long time. And if you back up before trust, there's the concepts of safety. Can we make it safe inside of ourselves to not know? Mm. The ego's never really safe. Uh, think about you get the bigger car, the bigger job, the bigger promotion, but we're never safe because we think we're going to lose it. Mm. And eventually we do. But if we can make it a safe place inside of ourselves... Mm-hmm. And practice learning to trust, say, our little intuitions. Start with something that's not a big, a big risk. And I did that for about two years. I tracked my intuitions, and then I noticed what happened when I followed them and what happened when I didn't. I became a scientist. Right. And right. that's how I built trust inside of me. And, and that, I think, is also the way to get around maybe not having a whole lot of trust in the beginning is to just, and I say this all the time when I do seminars and things, um, look, don't believe it. Just try it for yourself and see what happens and see what the results are. And it, it, so as opposed to having trust, uh, as Dr. Lynn just said, be a scientist and say, okay, let's just postulate what happens if, and I'm just going to go with this and then see what happens. And then based on the result, do you feel better? Is things easier? Are you able to get through difficult situations more quickly? Then that gives you reason. Okay, there's one point of data. Now let me try it again with something else. Okay, now here's another point of data. And over time, you build up lots of points of data so that your trust comes from your experience, not from just some blind thing of, oh, I just have to trust. No, try it and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, Drop it and try something else and find something that does work for you. I love what you said about the data, Sam, because the data is really building a foundation of us trusting ourselves. And when we can trust ourselves, only then can we trust others to do what they're going to do. Right. 
Right. And sometimes we get surprised, like I call it being bushwhacked. Usually it's the people closest to you. But if you have your data, if you know yourself, then you don't take it personal. And right. then you get more data about what is it about that situation that triggered me? How can I communicate them with a neutrality, which is applied spirituality? We don't let mm. our emotions run us. Beautiful. Okay, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Jake, thank you so much for your question. We're going to drop you because we've got other people trying to thank call in. Both. I know they're not getting in. Thank you for your thank question, you, Jake. Jake. All right, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Lend your ears, lend your hands, lend your movement, anything you can. Come to teach, come to be taught, come in the likeness and the image of God. Cause you can be like that, with all that humbleness and all that respect. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I know lots of people out there were trying to get through, but while we had Jake on the line, our phone lines were full. So if you have uh, questions for Dr. Lynn Morell or myself, please feel free to call back now. We do have one line open. The call-in number is 877-480-4120. So, Dr. Lynn, applied spirituality, that's a hot topic, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be. 
be. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. So um, I'm curious of, of what do you feel your mission in life is now? I would say truly it is to build bridges between who people think they are and who they really are. In other words, we go through life, we're programmed by our culture, our society, our experiences. Many of us become what I call victims. So much stuff has happened to them, they give up. Mm. And um, I'm here to to really hold space for people to discover just how powerful they are. Mm. And I do that for, you know, tons of different ways. But the biggest way is I sit them, love them, and see them. Ah, so so do you do most of your work in person? Do you do most of your work in person? I do it in person. I do it in groups. I love nothing more than keynotes. Mm. Um, I, I have a training program. I'm starting something called the uh, Academy of Integrative Consciousness Coaching, where we have a faculty of, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four so far, which will be working with people where they're at, primarily mm. people that have done a lot of deep work, mm. and they want to take that level of consciousness to the next to the next level of awareness there's always more mm. but how they can be fully present in whatever their their livelihood is whatever their career is so that they can can continue to grow themselves so they can grow others right right because really being in the moment is really the key thing and 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 the more we take ourselves out because of something's happening that triggers us in a certain way or because it feels too painful and we take ourselves out of the present moment then we really lose the opportunity to find the lesson and and the growth that's in that moment for us but the more we can stay present then we really have an opportunity to learn and grow and, and be more exactly and i think more than ever with our technological age we're so high tech We've really forgotten low, you know, high touch. Yeah. Which is, you know, there was there was a video that I saw yesterday of a, a hospital scene, and it was about invoking compassion and empathy, and they're just showing the patients in various pans and the doctors and the nurses, and and they're saying, you know, wife just died, um, you know, just just lost their job, mm. uh, don't know how they're going to pay for it, and they just, without any verbal, they just showed the faces. And if you knew the pain that people were in, mm. you wouldn't judge them. Mm. Because yeah. how they behave is impersonal. They're just programs that run us. Right, right. And when we transcend the programs and can see beyond them, then our clarity lifts others. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's 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 you know, it's so endemic that nobody hears anybody. We're always planning talking over and you know to be still and give someone space is the greatest honor i think we can give any human being absolutely absolutely and talking about giving space uh we have to give some space to another caller we have diane on line one diane welcome hi can you hear me yep nice and loud Uh, i have a question for dr lynn morrell um you talked a bit about doing martial arts can you coach me on this because uh, and seeing the world as a mirror, but and I have some awareness, but I haven't been able to break through this. It, it's about <laughs> judging my mother as being um, kind of pushy and overbearing, and um, and some and and I've had that judgment for years and years, and then I find myself doing something similar to her, and I forgive it, and I think that I'm I'm fine, and then the next day I find I'm doing either 
seeing her the same way or doing the same thing in my own life. And I, I, I just am hoping you can coach me to get another perspective. Mm. How old is your mom, Diane? She's 86. Mm. <laughs> and um, did she have the kind of life where she needed to be strong and have those those kind of strong ways that you're describing? Well, she was the youngest with about four older brothers, and I'm sure she had to to be a, a feisty in order to to either survive yeah. or be heard. Uh, you're you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah. So so if she was using this feistiness, this pushing you over with her opinions, would you say in her case that's how she stayed safe? I think that probably is true. Yeah. And how are you attempting to stay safe when you respond to your mom that way? Uh, well, probably, oh, my gosh, you're really getting me to think here. Um, when I'm pushing, I'm trying to think of some instances. It's usually when I'm tired or when I feel like the world is just too much. Mm-hmm. And... um and it isn't until later that I realize I've been pushing, and sometimes in that pushing, I might be overbearing to the people close to me. Right. So um, that's a really good awareness, Diane. Have you ever considered the possibility that, as an infant, and I would say from about conception to five, the container, the space in which you learn how your what your normal is? If you grew up with that, could you see that when you're tired, that might be your default to do what you were shown as a child that's now deeply unconscious? I can see it. And now yeah. the question is, how do, you, how do I break um, that habit that I'm judging? I, I, now I real, I'm judging it in myself. Right. So a great place to start would be if you were willing to forgive yourself for behaving as if you needed to be pushy to deal with your mom. There's a behavior which comes out of the unconscious. I I think you're I think you're really onto something there. So the forgiveness being very specific toward the young part of me. Um, for having to learn how to do that. Right, and awareness is curative. And and if you were to do something like a 32-day process where you connected with your child and possibly in your own mind's eye recreate your mom's behaviors differently, so that how would you have liked your mother to have been to you? Mm, so like, I just do that each day uh, for t- for 32 days, and um, and then uh, I bet a lot of awareness will come from that. Yeah, and, uh, oh, thank and you. allowing your... What were you going to say, Diane? I'm going to try that. I mean, um, and does that, if you do it for 32 days, might it make a new habit? I believe it would, and I would actually, this sounds strange, but I would reinvent your mother the way your child wanted her to be and create that in your own fantasy. Mm. And then in your own fantasy, see that child learning a new skill. 
because ultimately our unconsciousness comes from what we've learned in the milieu of our upbringing. So you're kind of doing this dance between reprogramming your mother, letting your inner child see a different way, and then you training your own inner child that it's safe to respond in a more loving way. Because all it is is a knee-jerk reaction. It's nothing personal to you. It's just a program. Right. Well, that helps to look at it that way. Thank you. Beautiful. Welcome. Beautiful. All right. Wonderful, Diane. Well, thank you so much for calling in today, Diane. I hope that was uh, helpful for you. Yes. Take, take care. Okay. Take care. Beautiful, Dr. Lynn. So I guess this is how you work with people, isn't it? Getting them to, to sort of bring a higher awareness to whatever their current painfuls or whatever the current situation happens to be. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be painful and filled with a lot of angst and gnashing of teeth and beating of chest. Mm. It's just the awareness is curative. Right, and right. people rise to their own level of excellence, and everybody's excellent when they give themselves permission to know. Right, right. And, you know, one thing I, I would add, uh, hopefully if Diane is still uh, listening uh, through the website, um, is, is that I've found that another way that I've seen people also help with um, being able to see their parent as a, an individual themselves is to kind of go back and just even using your own imagination to think about what kind of life did they have as a child? What were their parents like to them? What were their siblings like to them? What was it like for them to grow up so that then they can kind of see for themselves how their parents are a product of their experiences and their upbringing? And as you say, it's not personal to them. They're just being how they learn to be to be to survive, to be safe, to, to, you know, to, to meet their own needs. Exactly. And, you know, it brings to mind a, a quote that I love from Albert Einstein, of all people. Mm. And, and, like, I love Diane's questioning because yeah. she was curious. And he said the, importance, the important thing isn't to stop questioning, but it, it, and I'm paraphrasing, right. curiosity has a reason for existing. Right. So when you're in awe, when you look at the mysteries of why her mom reacted that way, and right. I think Diane mentioned that she had four brothers, and you right. contemplate how fabulous she responded to that. Right. And then if you comprehend a little bit more about what makes people tick, then then things open up, and he said something about never lose a holy curiosity. Right. And that's right. the favorite part of the quote. It's a holy curiosity, curiosity. looking right. for the whole in the middle of the perceived separation of the parts. Right, right. Beautiful. And, and you're so right on because it does come from sometimes the most simple little, quote, mini trauma to an onlooker could profoundly change someone's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. Time flies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is great. So uh, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll maybe talk a little bit about your work with The Window Between Worlds, and uh, we'll let people know how to get in touch with you. So great. everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and my guest this hour has been Dr. Lynn Morell, and we'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? 
Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Dr. Lynn Morell. Dr. Lynn, oh, it's been wonderful. Um, okay, so let, let's just get into the, this nonprofit that you're um, uh, the chair of, uh, A Window Between Worlds. Well, uh, what got you involved with it, and why are you so passionate about it? Well, I mean, uh, I came out of domestic violence as a child, and mm-hmm. I married a man who was not domestically violent, um, mm-hmm. but became so. And, oh. um, and, you know, that was pretty traumatic. And um, then I, I actually taught as a, as a guest lecturer at a college out here. And um, the, what I called the professor would take me out to dinner, and he said, though, would you like to join a nonprofit? He knew nothing about my past with domestic violence, which, oh. of course, is one of the reasons I became a fifth-degree black belt. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever mess with me again. But our mission is, is to use art as a healing tool to empower and transform individuals and communities. Mm. We began working just with women and children with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. But I think what intrigues me and what keeps me coming back, I've been with them for 16 years, is that uh-huh. we envision a world where safety, healing, and hope replace violence, silence, and shame. Uh-huh. And the one thing that I've seen that does that so completely is artwork. And yeah. not talking about being an artist, we're definitely not talking about art therapy. Right. We're talking about a window of time where people can sit in a room 
and create whatever their inner wisdom wants to bring forward. And so it's used with domestic violence, child abuse, sexual assault, intimate partner violence, and also especially now we're starting a new program working with Habitat for Humanity out here in California in San Gabriel and San Fernando Valleys where every returning vet, their wife and their children each get seven art workshops. Oh, wow. That's breaking the cycle of violence. Beautiful. Because until that can be addressed, post-traumatic stress will come upon you. Yes, yes. And and, and trauma-informed care, thank God, is the care of sanity where an abnormal situation creates a normal response but victims of violence and trauma think that their responses are abnormal. Mm. But it's actually a natural response to an abnormal situation, and that's mm. the shift that I love. Mm. And that's one of the things that I've done for almost the 40 years that I've been coaching, is create a place where the client or the organization can put things in perspective. Mm. And, and actually, we worked with over, over 80,000 participants which is actually each person having about five workshops. But we also reached an additional 20,000 people in a, a project called I Can, We Can. So our reach is very, very large. Wow. And one workshop will change a child's life forever. Over That's the last 16 years, I've seen that over and over and over again. Wow. And we're in a That's time amazing. of amazing, amazing um, expansion. And people can help by, you know, at Amazon Smile, they could sign up to help us. They could go to our Facebook page. Yeah, you know, what's, the, what's the website? awbw.org. A-W-B-W stands for a window between worlds.org. Beautiful. And um, I just am passionate because if I had had that when I was a child, mm. my life would have been much different. I engaged in the martial art. It was still an art form. It still allowed me right. to unlock what had been locked away to be kept safe. Mm. And uh, gardening can do that. Anything where we lose ourselves in the creative process can be a window to healing. Mm, beautiful, beautiful, yes. So that beautiful work, I'm, I'm very glad to hear you doing it. Um, just, just quickly before we move on to the next topic, do you feel that violence in domestic violence is decreasing over the last 20 years? Um, I believe, frankly, domestic violence has always been here. Mm-hmm. I'd say that the vast majority of people do not report their, their incidents. Uh. And recent statistics that I read were something like one in three women oh, were wow. battered. And I know that, oh, when women leave their batterers, there's an increased probability that they will, that they will be hurt. But I do know that on average, 24 people every minute are victims of physical violence, rape, or stalking in the United States. And that's from the Center for um, Disease Control and Prevention from 2010. Wow. And 81% of veterans suffering from PTSD and depression have at least one violent act with their partner. Ooh. That's something, um, it's uh, it's called the ACE program, or it's Violent Childhood Experiences. Gotcha. And so that's another huge document, and that was in the Journal of Interpersonal Violence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one workshop changes a life forever. Mm-hmm. And if you go on to AWBW, we have participation uh, projects that people can do. We work primarily with shelters. We have uh, in the past okay. to teach the shelter leaders how to lead these, these um, programs. 
And, you know, when you leave a shelter, most people don't leave, run away to go to a shelter just for the moment talking about domestic violence. Think about it. The woman is so courageous. She leaves her her home. In many cases, the clothing, the children's toys, the school, all contact with her relatives and moves into a very strictly structured shelter. So she goes from one trauma to another where every minute of her day is pretty much structured about how to get her on her feet in five weeks. Mm. And so this is a two-hour window of time, and the only thing that is required of them is that they stay in the room. They can sleep, they can ignore the art, they can do anything. They have permission to be themselves. Wouldn't that be awesome if each of us gave ourselves two hours a week to do nothing except Mm. what we wanted to do? Absolutely, absolutely. No, and I I see the real value of it. You know, here um, we also have our our wellness center here. My wife is a psychotherapist, does a form of therapy called sand play therapy where uh, the clients can, like, take all these different miniatures and create a little scene in the sand and it can be very therapeutic over time. And it's like creating an artwork, just you're using these little figurines to do it. And uh, she says it, it's like a way for the unconscious mind just to kind of work things out. So the act of expressing, of creating art, is a very healing uh, way. Even if you're not doing it as a healing modality, it is very healing for the human psyche. Because um, the psyche knows, Sam. Yes. It knows what it yes. needs and knows how to how to express it, but one of the things I've noticed and I, I wrote, write about in Soul Lifts, I, mm. I call it Soul Lifts because it's cheaper than a facelift. <laughs> it'll make you smile. Yeah, oh, that's and, great. And um, I was unable to slow down enough in my life to acknowledge mm. the losses that I, as they occurred. Oh, okay. And so the consequences of stuffing all that those unresolved feelings actually gave rise, as you know, to a host of health challenges. Yeah, yeah. So my unresolved post-traumatic stress was kept at bay by being, you know, I was the third-ranked fighter in the United States, Mm. one of the first guests um, to the Chinese government when they opened in 84. Um, And so, you know, when I did slow down, one of the best things that ever happened was I got an injury and I got sick. Uh So I had time to do right-hand, left-hand drawing Mm. and and to write and to, to dive deeply into those areas that I had not been... Mm. able to address or or know how to express and that's what art does it gives us a window of safety right 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 well dr lynn i wish i could have another three hours with you unfortunately your time is up um if people want to learn more about you and your work uh, where can they go to find out more they they can go to my website it's www.lynnmorell.com M-O-R-E-L.com and um, there is a marvelous seven minute meditation for people that are speeding through life and need a a short chill pill and I also I'm reminded when you were talking about being stuck at the beginning of the show I wrote uh, an article or a small ebook several years ago called um, Getting Unstuck Powerful Secrets to Getting Unstuck and if your listeners email me Mm -hmm. to lynn at lynnmorell.com I would be glad to send them a copy of that, a PDF oh, of that. beautiful. And um, also include them on some great, uh, on, on my website and with my e-sign, which is just, it's a blog post, a short blog post once a week. Wonderful. So that would be something additional just for your guests. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to slow down and have a conversation with me. It's been wonderful having you on the show, and uh, I look forward to connecting you with you again in the future. Thank you, Sam.
Take care. Have Take a wonderful care. day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, and, of course, everybody, please stay tuned. Coming up next, our favorite actor and uh, guy living the dream, Kevin Barbaro with his show Coffee Talk 3.0, coming up with a brand new show. And uh, we will have more great guests like Dr. Lynn Morrell next week. We're coming up, I believe, we have Valerie Shepard scheduled. And we've got a lot more amazing, amazing people in store in coming weeks. Please, if you have not yet signed up for the newsletter, go to our website, www.talkingalternative.com. Put in your email address and you'll get our newsletter so you get all the updates. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. 
If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.